This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here we go. It's hour number three of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan, home of the Cowboys, home of your World Series champion, Texas Rangers. We're off to Vegas tonight. After the show, we'll uh, be hopping on a plane and we'll be broadcasting from Radio Row tomorrow. Now, speaking of Radio Row, our next guest is joining us live from there as... uh, He's the winner of America's Got Talent Season 2. He's from Dallas. And uh, Terry Fader joins you now here on 105 Through the Fan, a a famous ventriloquist, also does impersonations out there. And and thanks for joining us, Terry. How the hell are you doing today? So good. And, you know, you never – I know most people listening never thought they would hear the word famous and ventriloquist in the same (laughs) sentence. (laughs) It's not a typical uh, thing that people are famous for. But (laughs) thanks to America's Got Talent, I I can say I am a famous ventriloquist. So it's it's wonderful. Well, we've got a kick out of your work over the years. We're so proud that you are from Dallas. And I love the ventriloquist work, man. I I think, you know, it's a tough one. And maybe it can be a lost art at times, but you're killing it with it, man. Well, thank you. And that's a lot of practice. You have to love what you do. Hmm. And you also have to have the turtle. Oh, this is Winston the impersonating turtle. <laughs> I just thought I'd join. Right. I was going to ask you where Winston is. Now, you can watch Terry and Winston at 105thefan.com, Twitch, and YouTube. Looks like Radio Row's pretty sick. That's the first shot I've, I've seen of it behind you here on this on this webcam, uh, Terry. Looks like they got it set up pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's quite amazing. I mean, you walk around and there's so many little booths set up. Uh, but they all need me on it. Right. Well, Winston is such a – he's very popular. Yeah, much more popular than Terry. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is Winston from Dallas as well? No, actually, I'm from a pond in L.A. Well, that's, that's kind of true. My story is that when I went on America's Got Talent, they would not let me use a Kermit the Frog puppet. Um, oh. the, the Muppets wouldn't because they, it's trademarked. And so I was wandering around in Hollywood and – and um, and there's this pond, and this turtle popped up, and I and I said, uh, can you do an impression of Kermit the Frog? And I said, hi, home Kermit the Frog here. Right. So that's how I met Winston. This, that's the official story. Right. Now uh, it's not true though. Uh, Winston, that, that's a hell of a Kermit the Frog you got there, Terry. You right, do thank you. you do impersonations as well, or do, do I call them impressions or impersonations? They're both is fine, but I really do. I focus on impersonations, impressions of singers. Um, I can do a few cartoon voices. I can do uh, hello, I'm Eric Cartman. You know, that kind of thing. There so I go. can do Eric Cartman. I can do some some voices from uh, South Park, uh, some cartoon voices. But really, what I focus on is I do impressions of singers. So I can do like Pavarotti, uh, Bocelli. I can do Justin uh, Bieber. Uh, you know, Elvis Presley. Um, in fact, you did uh, Roy Ardlison. Crying over you. Right. So that's what we do: is we do impressions of singers in the show. So, uh, and, and you have a regular show there in Vegas, right? I do, yes. I'm at the New York, New York Hotel and Casino all the time. I do uh, three to four, I mean, four to five days a week there, usually in the week. And, and then I take my weekends and tour. We just got back from Fort, Fort Pierce, uh, 
Is it Fort Pierce, Florida? Right. Yeah, Fort Pierce. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's Terry Fader here with you, winner of America's Got Talent Season 2. We're hoping that one of these days we show up on a radio row and the Cowboys are actually playing. Oh, Terry. wouldn't that Man. be nice? Oh, my dream. I was so hoping the Cowboys would go to the Super Bowl because it's like, oh, I'm in Vegas. And, you know, and of course, now that I live in Vegas, uh, I, I got to be a fan of the Raiders because they're our hometown team. But uh, I always tell people, listen, if the Cowboys are playing the Raiders, I'm rooting for the Cowboys because I was born and raised in Dallas. So what, who do you get asked to do the most out of your impressions when it comes to these singers? What's probably the uh, number one request? Definitely Michael Jackson. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, can I do it? Yeah. She's out of my life. She's out of my life. I wish I could sing like that. <laughs> <laughs> what an impressive turtle, dude. <laughs> so, Winston's a badass. Yeah, Winston is a stud. So when, you, when you're coming up in the you know aspiring ventriloquist game, how does that play with the ladies, Terry? Oh, well, yeah, of course. You know, the, the reason Terry got into the ventriloquism is he wanted to get laid. Well, come on. <laughs> you know that's not true. Yeah, they say that he has a highly trained tongue. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that, but his lips don't move enough. All right, stop it. Stop those jokes. But, uh, yeah, you know, people don't get into ventriloquism to get the chicks. Let me put it that way. I just fell in love with the art. I love puppets. I love uh, the uh, the art of creating an inanimate, I mean, making an inanimate object seem like it's talking. Um, and it's just been a passion. I've, I'm a huge fan of the Muppets, and that's really how I learned how to how to maneuver puppet. Wait, you work with puppets? I do. I love puppets. Well, of course you do. You're one. I am? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we learned something new every day. Yeah. Hey, Winston, I wanted to ask you a question about what you felt like with the Cowboys season, you know, and how it went and, and not having playoff success. Are you, are you a disappointed fan in that way? Well, no. I mean, I'm a Cowboy fan. Well, I didn't know you were a Cowboy fan. Yeah, I am. I even love them Hollywood. I love the Cowboys. Well, you know, um, I, I've learned through the years, especially being a Cowboy fan, that you mm -hmm. just can't get too disappointed because otherwise you're going to be disappointed almost every year. So I just, I just love the, the team. I love the, the game. I love the sport. I, I always hope they win. If they don't, I don't take it too personally. I don't get too upset about it. I just say, well, hopefully next year. That's, that's just – I don't let it – I, you know, I, and plus I'm too busy to really spend a lot of time mourning over uh, over a game, so <laughs> so I don't spend a lot of time. But I do love my Cowboys, and I root for them every year. Yeah, they just strategy. need a turtle on their team, and then they would win. <laughs> well, they'd work for me. We'll take you, Winston. Hey, maybe you can play some <laughs> linebacker. The Cowboys certainly need that. Now, Terry, uh, as we get ready to take our flight to Vegas after the show today. As that's your home base, what advice do you have for us? Anywhere that we need to go? Any, any tips well, you can give us? Yes. there's Well, there's a lot that you can do, but I will tell you this. You can go to the Golden Steer, which is off of Sahara Avenue near uh, Las Vegas Boulevard. It's north. It's in the north end of town. It is the legendary, the oldest steakhouse in Las Vegas. Best steak. I'm, I'm not kidding, but one of the best steaks you're going to get anywhere in the country. And there is a Terry Fader table, so you can request oh, the Terry yes. Fader table. All the Las Vegas legends, and they c apparently consider me a Las Vegas legends, but we're talking like Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., um, Dean Martin, Elvis Presley, all have tables there. And Terry Fader. There should be a Winston table. There should be, <laughs> but there's not. Yeah. <laughs> I could do this without you. I know you could, but uh, thank you for staying with me. You're welcome. Yeah. Terry, Winston, thank you so much. We'll send the Tolos to go see you guys at the New York, New York, right? Yes, New York, New York uh, Hotel and Casino. We do shows 
uh, through Wednesday this week. And then, of course, next week again, I'm there all the time. So come and see me. All right. We hope to see you there, Terry. Have a great afternoon. Cheers, Winston. See you, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> there they are, Terry and Winston, live from Radio Row. Here it is, the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Okay, the uh, the top story of the day here in Cowboys land, of course, what developed over the weekend uh, with Dan Quinn, um, you know, ending up taking a member of his coaching staff, and now the Cowboys are suddenly finding themselves in need of a defensive coordinator. And how much can you trust the Cowboys to execute a good hire here is my question for you. Like, I don't mean to be cynical, but I have to be realistic. I think there's a 90% chance you end up with a worse coach than what uh, Dan Quinn was. Brian, I think or selling. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell that. I, I I think to me where this team needs where this team needs something on defense is and we we saw what happened when they give up big plays. It's attention to detail. It's not the assignment. They're not an assignment sound team. Is that the players or is that the coach? I, I feel like though that to me when you make mistakes in at key times. There's a disconnect there. There's something that they're not, whether it's the way that McCarthy practices or how they prep their defense. But to me, I, I would like to see the fact that Dan's moved on. And again, I give Dan credit for all what he's done. But I need this defense to be more locked into where it, it what it, it, to make plays. You know, and, and I know they have the pressures. I know they have the sacks. I know they get the turnovers. But there's some disconnect that they have with it, it, whether it's teaching. There's something that they're not getting, and when you can motion on them and it totally confuses them, something's wrong here, you know. And I, I think that I think that that whoever comes in, that's the first question I would ask. Hey, how do you defend this? And and it and maybe you say, well, how do you defend the Shanahan offense or how do you defend the McVay offense? Mm-hmm. But I would talk about the trends. Yeah. The trends. How do you do defend teams that are heavy motion? How do you defend teams that are heavy 12 personnel? You know, what's your philosophy on how would you use Micah Parsons? Mm-hmm. You know, these are questions I would ask if I was looking for a defensive coordinator. Because there is something that didn't click for Dan Quinn and this group when it came to these big games and these and, and their uh, inability to to keep people from making I mean, huge I, plays. On I them. think they did really well defensively against the 49ers twice and Tampa. I I, I, I I this last game got away from them. The Arizona got, game got away from yeah. you. The Buffalo game got away from you. But to me, it's more personnel. You know, that's that that. How do you stop these motion guys? Yes, you're going to have to make your scheme better, but you also need linebackers. You do. Uh, and, you know, it, it is unfortunate, and they they lost two guys that they were counting on. And Leighton Van Der Esch and DeMarvin Overshone came in, and, and they clearly had a, tra- a plan for him coming out of camp. And you can't control injuries, and you're trying to, to Band-Aid and maneuver this thing as best you can. I do think that, there, that some of the points that Brian made there is very true, and I agree with you. It is going to be hard, though, to sustain the level of success that Dan Quinn has had over three years. They've been sixth in the NFL when it comes to points per game. But I will say when you talk about a guy like Mike Zimmer, historically, he's a top 10 guy in not only points per game defensively, but just overall defense as well. The pressures are something that he always has lived on as a defensive coordinator. So I do think the the improvement that you need over a Dan Quinn, it's going to be tough. But that is a theme in his track record. When he goes up against these heavy motion offenses, he's not winning. 
his defenses are not in a position to succeed and have success. I think a large part of it is you are asking players to do things that I don't think they're good with. I don't think Donovan Wilson is a good coverage safety at all. He's a guy that needs to be in the box. If you say bye-bye to J. Ron Curse, Donovan Wilson can go ahead and take that role from him. I don't want to see him in coverage anymore. When you look up and there's a lot of these busts in coverage in the back end, number six seems to always be in frame. Yeah, that was a bad game from him for sure. You know, and I think that's a lesson for him. Like, you can't try to pull a Belichick and totally change your defensive scheme, you know, uh, uh, in, in such a big moment like that, especially as the better team. You know, that, that was a, a, a risk that... Should have stayed in his back pocket. Um, okay, we got a text here. The 817, we just got the recommendation there from Mr. Fader. It says, if you're going to go to the Golden Steer in Las Vegas, make sure you take out a small loan before you go. Oh, yeah. Looked up the menu. Oh, yeah, it's, no. no, it's it's expensive. Is I it watched the, Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you're looking at probably two, three hundred dollars a piece. Woo. It's, it's the, but it's like everyone, the steaks, everything, the lobster tails, everything, it's all high end. Bone in ribeye? Yeah. 98 bucks. Yeah. How many ounces? Doesn't tell you. 24. Oh, okay. Yeah. Solid size. Filet right. Mignon. 12 ounces. 94 bucks. Yeah. That's pricey. Jeez. The Longhorn Extra Thick. And that's what we're that's talking about. That's the special New York cut. Okay. 24 ounces in New York. $95. Yeah. Do the sides cure cancer? Oh, it's like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's 18, I think that it's 18 <laughs> to 20 bucks on the sides and then desserts like 12. I looked this up last night. I watched a video on it. You did a deep dive on the Golden so Steer. Yeah, one of the spots you were looking at. I was looking at it just because it's one of the most famous steakhouses in the world, and I I said I might be interested in doing this. But yeah, if you're if you're willing to drop probably you know about three hundred bucks, mm. you can you know. But you can maybe go and split some stuff with people. That's Brian, true. What's Oscar style? That's the Oscar Mayer Wiener situation. No, They're doing it, the hot dog. A lot of these steakhouses will bring out a, a hot dog. Is it? You can, is it the way it's cut? No, you can top any cut of beef with a topping of lump crab, crab meat. Okay, it's like the hollandaise top. sauce as well. Comes with hollandaise sauce, okay. asparagus, yeah. and lump crab. There you go. Looks like Wolchuk actually knew more about this than you. No, that's, that's that, that no, was a guess I, I, that I, I that I had on the topping of that one. I've heard I've heard Oscar. I thought it was the cut. I thought it was the way it was cut, but it's not. That's not the case. 40-ounce tomahawk steak served with choice of super salad, a selection of two sides, $255. Ooh, yeah. That's a deal. $255. That's a deal, baby. salad's Jeez. like 18 bucks off the jump. I mean, Caesar this. salad was like, seriously. I, 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 That's crazy. And, and the parking lot was packed. GoldenSteerLasVegas.com. Longhorn and lobster tail. Yeah. $250. Woo, let's go. I don't know which, which of those two I'd rather have, the 40-ounce tomahawk or the longhorn and lobster tail. You could, I tell you, you could sit there and if you could order one, you could split it. You know, you could get a couple of people, you know, split all that stuff up. Sure. Cut it in threes. Cut it, cut it up. Can you bring us uh, two extra plates with that? Well, if you had somebody else, though, you just, there's took rich the, people everywhere. But half, half lobster tail and half the, half the, the, the tomahawk, you know, yeah. you could, you could probably. Well, do. I know you were fired up to go to the, uh, the, the Salt Bay Steakhouse. Brought us already got a reservation for that one, man. So that, he's trying to just go around all the steakhouse. Yeah, he no. wants he wants Jeez. him to cut that cut that steak right like into his mouth. Bay. I'll tell you what, man. That, that those those videos are like why? That, I've heard that, that's overrated. That is way overrated. Way overrated. Now here's the good news: the Golden Steer Las Vegas dot com. If you're going there for the Super Bowl or otherwise, all sides fourteen dollars. Yeah. Okay. To make you holler. Not a bad okay. Deal. So that's where you start to sort yeah, of make your money back. And it's and it's bit. family style. So yeah, you got them and you got the big plates there. All Lobster that. Mac. Yeah. I just saw Mac. I saw asparagus. What else did I see? French fries, I think. Oh, yeah. 
It's okay, good. and then the desserts are pretty reasonable. Twelve if you bucks. Have room eleven dollar creme yeah. brulee, a twenty one dollar bananas Foster. Okay, that's table side. If you have room, oh, you're gonna <laughs> Your have tiramiso's room. Tiramiso's eleven bucks. Wolchuk. Tiramisu. Tiramisu. Yeah. yeah. Tiramiso. <laughs> <laughs> tiramiso. Stupid. <laughs> All right, we got to run, nation. The uh, the Wolchuk top tens coming up next. Where are you taking us? Let's start our Super Bowl theme top tens. Top 10 Super Bowl quarterback performances of all time. And let's hear from John Madden, a throwback. That's next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. It is the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Fired up. Going to Vegas, baby. Are you a Viva Las Vegas guy? Will you put your head out the window and holler that? Viva! Las Vegas. I knew he'd do it good. Woo! Well, Chuck, you got some singing to you, don't you? No, not. I maybe. Uh, I mean, all those years of show choir, bro. Come on, give yourself some damn credit. Musical theater, damn it. Segment here brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Franklin Frankel, the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If your loved one's been in an accident, contact Franklin Frankel for a free consultation, 214 or 817 Go online to truckwreck.com. Now here he is, the Wooly Bully, Zach, with an H. Thank you. We will get to the top 10 greatest quarterback performances in Super Bowl history. Who do you think has had the best performance in the Super Bowl? Got some other things to address, some uh, good audio for you as well. This was great. Saw this over the weekend. Morgan Freeman was at the Auburn Ole Miss game. Yes. You had an Auburn player not realize that Morgan Freeman was sitting courtside. And I guess Morgan. He lives in Oxford. Yeah. Apparently he's gone to a couple of these games. He enjoys going. Yeah. He loves the sip. And the place was rocking there at the pavilion. Um, But Johnny Broom, who scored 15 points with nine boards, seven assists, got the win for Auburn ended up kind of slapping Morgan Freeman's hand away because he kind of reached over, gave him a tug, you know, say hello. And he, you know, he didn't. He thought it was just a normal fan. Turns around, slaps his hand away, and then afterwards was just mortified when he realized, oh, my gosh, this is Morgan Freeman right now. And he was asked about it in the post-game press conference. I thought it was an old Miss fan, like, just grabbing my jersey, like, hold on to me. And I kind of just, like, got a hand off, but I saw who it was. And, like, you know, I'm a big movie guy. I probably watched one of these movies on the plane coming here. But I realized it was him. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm a big fan. I'm sorry. And he would just say, uh, just, keep, just, just keep playing. And, you know, I came back out of there again. And I was like, I'm sorry again. You know, he's like, you're all good. Just keep playing. Um, you know, very good guy. Um, love him. Morgan Freeman's amazing. Dude, you know, just yeah. iconic. I mean, that's incredible right there. Uh, so I, I get it. I would probably have felt the same way. Like, oh, no, did I just do that? And then you circle back to Morgan Freeman. I mean, that's like the last person you're expecting to be tugging on your jersey game? while yeah. you're playing basketball. I mean, unless it's unless it's well known, like he's he frequents the, the courtside area there. But, yeah, that's uh, 
what 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 a moment what a story to tell forever Pretty for that badass. kid we also had our old uh, friend of the nosebleed seats lisa and she got arrested <laughs> I saw last this. night in new york city what, what yeah. she had going on there we got free lisa and trending now on social media i guess she went to a matt rife uh comedy show and because they're friends and she was taken into police custody during the performance for apparently using her phone. She said, I did nothing wrong. I didn't touch my phone. I wanted to see Matt Rife because he's a friend of mine, and now I go to jail. So uh, we got free Lisa Ann trending right now. But I don't know. Maybe she did take out her phone. I didn't know that was – I thought that was like we kick you out. I didn't think that was we arrest you arrested. I didn't and either. take you away. If you, I understand That's probably these. a refusing to leave. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. oh, there you go. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Started with she the was phone probably out. making a scene. And, yeah. Hey. And they were like, ma'am, you can't do that. I wasn't touching my phone. You're arguing. And next thing you know. We love you, Lisa. Yeah. Hopefully everything's okay. And then I saw this circling on my timeline. It's a throwback of John Madden, rest in peace, on SNL. And he's asked about, you know, what it's what NFL players are like. And he tells this story. You know, people are always asking me to tell them an inside story about pro football. They want to know what players do when they're off the field. Well, here's something that happened in a toilet. At Oakland, we had a row at the practice field. We had a row of sinks and mirrors. Then at the end of the row of sinks and mirrors, we had a row of toilets. Well, one day, my linebacker, Ted Hendricks, was at the end sink and mirror, and he was going to comb his hair. And as he reached in to pull out his comb, some change fell in the toilet. And he was I was up in the other end watching him. He was staring down there at the thing, and I said... You know, you better keep an eye on these guys. You know, these linebackers are a little different anyway. They have different eyes. Their elevators don't go all the way to the top. And, you know, they're nice guys, but you got to keep an eye on them. You know, it's a Tuesday, and maybe he got kicked in the head, and Sunday, and he's still not all right. So I figured I'd keep an eye So he gets down on one knee, and he's looking in the toilet, and I said, whew. Then he stands up, reaches in his pocket, and pulls out a roll of bills, and he takes a $50 bill off the top, and he goes, whack. I'm looking at that and I'm saying, ooh, that is weird now. <laughs> I said, Ted, you okay? He goes, yeah. And I said, well, what do you throw the bill in the, in, in the toilet for? He said, you don't think I'm going in there for 35 cents, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well done, John. Well done. Gosh, yeah. I miss that guy. Back in the day, a $50 bill was like $500 now. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Now I'm a little Didn't bit more invested. Often. I'll dive in there and go get that. Incredible. All right, let's get to the top 10 best quarterback performances in Super Bowl history. Do any of you have one that comes to mind when you think great quarterback performances? Nick Foles. <laughs> Troy Aikman, 3-0. and <laughs> Mama gave me eight of them flap checks, and Mama take away five of them flap checks. I want to stay hungry for the Crimson Tide. Do you think when we sit down with every guest at Radio Row, we should just... Uh, I immediately say we should at some point in every interview name drop Brett Favre and then Walchuk just jumps in with his impersonation every time. Mama I'm sure Walchuk will stay hungry for the Crimson Tide. Just continue with the interview. Yeah. yeah. See if they yeah. ask what was that. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be 100%. throwing in the mispronunciations of some of these Super Bowl players in the interview, though, just to see if we catch anybody off guard. Oh, I'm all yes. for bidding up these interviews. I am going to do that. Probably should have bid it up the one at four o'clock a little bit more. Get. See, sure, yeah, I yeah, think that in was, person it's a little bit better. I tried to ask the turtle a question. You did, and I he tried. answered. Yeah, <laughs> I tried. That was, what do you? Well, being a cowboy fan, I mean, it's got to be tough. That was one of the more interesting ones for sure. <laughs> I tried. I mean, how exciting is this? We haven't even made it to Vegas yet, and we've already talked to a turtle. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. This is going to be epic, dude. It's going to be an amazing. And week. if we were there, I bet the turtle would have done the smelling salts. Oh yes, did we have the smelling salts? No. Broadus is looking down his uh his glasses. We it's okay. I got a contingency plan, Broadus. 
What's the contingency? Are you order? No, I'm gonna, I think CVS is you can actually get them. Oh, okay. Okay, we got a CVS. So, it's perfect. Yeah, we're going to CVS We're definitely going to hit the CVS up. There's a lot of things we can get at the CVS. Did I nail it with Nick Foles, though? Uh, I mean, he Nick, put up Nick numbers. Foles had he beat a fantastic Brady. performance. He did. I mean, that honestly is not one that comes to mind usually because it was an Eagles Super Bowl. I tried to erase that from my memory, but he did have a great game and he did. Phil beat Sims Brady. had a great one one time. Phil yeah. Sims did. Eli trying to keep it Cowboy related. <laughs> I'm kind of fond of Emmett Smith's uh, Super Bowl 28 performance. Thank you so much for mentioning that. 132 yards. Are we talking about quarterbacks? Or we were talking about tutties. quarterbacks. But anytime oh. you want to bring up Emmett Smith, I'm in on that. Yeah, Wolchuk's always down. That's going to get me going. Uh, honorable mention though at 13 is Nick Foles, 28 of 43, 373 yards, three tutties, one pick against the Patriots. He completed one of the most improbable playoff runs in me- recent memory. Match Brady score for score. Gave the Eagles the lead for good on that touchdown pass to Zach Ertz with 221 left. Was also on the receiving end, we know, of the Philly special. 12 is Eli Manning, 19 of 34, 255 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. It was really just the fourth quarter of that 17 to 14 win over the Patriots, but he had the crazy 32 yard, eyes closed pass, the helmet catch to David Tyree. I believe today is the anniversary of that game as well. Mm. That and the 28 to 3 game where Tom Brady and the Patriots came came back to beat Dan Quinn and the Atlanta Falcons. Since this is quarterbacks only, there will be no Harvey Martin, Randy White, co-MVP situation going no. on here in your top 10, Wolchuk. But number 10. Well played, sir. Thank well you. Well played. Thank you. <laughs> number 10 is a Cowboy, and it is Troy Aikman. Let's go. T-Roy. 27-23. to 23, Cowboys knocking off the Bills. 22 of 30. 273 yards. Four touchdowns for Troy Aikman. After a slow start, he was unstoppable and leading the Cowboys to victory there. He had a 45-yard touchdown to Alvin Harper to start the fourth quarter. This was actually their 52-17 to big Super Bowl when the next year was uh, the one where Emmett got MVP. But Troy was brilliant in that game in Pasadena. He really, really was. Kurt Warner comes in at number nine with their Super Bowl win over the Tennessee Titans. 24-45, of 45, 414 yards for Kurt and a couple of touchdowns. He found Isaac Bruce for a 73-yard score in that one. Uh, and then number eight, how about Joe Montana? 24 of 35, 331 yards, three touchdowns in their Super Bowl win Chargers? over the Dolphins. Dolphins. Steve Young had Ooh. the Chargers one, oh, which Young, I yes, think sir, yeah. might be a little bit higher yeah. on this list. That yeah. dude was unbelievable. Didn't he get the Broncos for five touchdowns? That's what I thought. Who was that? Yeah. That was Steve Young. Yeah, that was uh, the Chargers one. Okay. He had six touchdowns in that game. That's going to come up later on in the list. Number six is Brady. I think Doug Williams got the Broncos, too, one time. Doug Williams was 11 on the list. The uh, win over the Broncos. Four yeah. touchdowns, one interception for Doug Williams for 340 Timmy yards. Timmy Smith ran for a lot that Goodness day. Game gracious. was over at the end of the first quarter. I think they had four touchdowns in the first quarter. Unbelievable. Uh, then you had number six is Brady. I wondered how many times Brady would make this. They beat the Patriots 28-14. to 14. He had 328 yards, four touchdowns. They trailed, trailed by 10 points going into that fourth quarter. Uh, and he ends up rallying them back for that victory. Sorry, it was four touchdown passes in the second quarter for Doug. Good yeah, Lord. Doug yeah, Doug Williams. a beast. Phil Sims comes in at number five. I'm surprised to see Phil on here. Top 10 Super Bowl quarterback. Almost didn't miss a pass that day. 22 of 25. There Holy hell for Phil. Yeah. And a win over the Broncos. 263 yards, three TDs. Masterful. Can I mean, be used to me, to underrated. Sims. Phil Sims? I don't think Sims get enough credit for no, what he did. No, I mean, Parcells, Parcells beat him up a lot. Yeah. But yeah, he was he was very efficient in playoff games. Very efficient. Number four is Steve Young with the six touchdown performance victory over the Chargers. Three hundred and twenty-five yards, six touchdowns. He overwhelmed the Chargers right from the start. 
hit Jerry Rice for a 44-yard touchdown on the third play of the game, and it just went from there. Uh, that was one where we were hoping the Cowboys could go three in a row. Unfortunately, Steve Young finally got that elusive Super Bowl. Number three is Terry Bradshaw and a win over the Cowboys, 35-31. to 31. He was 17 of 30. 318 yards, four touchdowns against a doomsday defense. Not going to lie. That's seven, pretty damn impressive. 17 completions over 300 yards. Big my play dude, guy. My dude was pushing the ball down the field. He was. Unless they had some yak gods running around. They, they pushed the ball that day. Yeah, John Stallworth. John Stallworth, Lynn Swan. Lynn yeah. Swan, they were awesome. Mark Washington had a bad day. Maybe I need to put a, just a tiny bit more respect on old Bradshaw's name. Maybe. And he called his own plays, which helped move his performance yeah. higher up on the list. That's incredible. Oh, back in the day, that's what those dudes did. That is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Number two is Joe Montana over the Broncos. Five touchdowns. Broncos Super Bowl defense, not very good until we get to the uh, Super Bowl 50 then, right? a lot of L's. A lot of L's there for the Broncos, (laughs) man. 22 of 29 was Joe Montana for 297 yards, five TDs. Uh, Jerry Rice, seven of those for 148 yards. Third MVP trophy for Joe Montana, 4-0 in Super Bowls. But number one, best quarterback performance of all time in a Super Bowl, Tom Brady. 28-3 game. Mm. Patriots 34, Falcons 28. You know what's funny? He didn't even win the MVP of the Super Bowl that year. James White did, didn't he? Yeah, James White did. Yeah, I mean, James White, I think, had a crazy game. Didn't he have like 10 catches, something nuts? And then he also had, I think, the game-winning touchdown run. Yeah, yeah, this was when the Patriots were feeding their backs through the air. 466 yards and two touchdowns in this game. He's the number one performance, but he didn't get MVP of that game. That's great. That is wild, but uh, incredible. You had the improbable jaw-dropping Julian Edelman catch to help force overtime. Completed five straight passes to set up James White's game-winning score. So Tommy Brady... Uh, overall, maybe considered, you know, the GOAT of all time there, of course, with 10 Super Bowls and seven of them victories. Absolute beast. That's your top quarterback performance. Thank you, Wolchuk. Man, I was at a card show, and, like, this reminds me. I was just looking through some of the great <clears throat> games. And I walk up to the dude behind this booth, and he's got his collection out there, and he was, like, a, a local card shop owner guy. <clears throat> and he had this Jerry Rice card. And remember those figurines that you could get? I forget what they were called. But there was like this Jerry Rice in action figurine type yeah. of deal. And he wanted some crazy amount up for it. It was like 250 bucks for the card and a little a dollar, whatever it was. I said, man, why do you have this so expensive? And he goes, well, after tomorrow, Jerry Rice is going to be known as the greatest player of all time. And I was like, okay. And the next day, he caught 11 passes for 215 and a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, how did that old guy know that? And I, I don't know, maybe the Bengals secondary was trash or something, but they went on that legendary 92-yard game-winning drive to do it. And I would say, Brian, for the next 10 years, Jerry Rice was considered the GOAT. Oh, yeah. The quarterback thing didn't become yeah. the GOAT home for, for another decade or so after that. It was, it was no, Jerry he, Rice's No, he was an incredible player. Yeah, the route running, the hands, it, it, he was an amazing player. We got to run, Nation. When we come back, let's get busy making this team better. We have a two-round mock draft. What if the Cowboys brought in these guys? Football finest coming up at 5 o'clock. And we'll reset the Mavs and what's going on with them with the trade deadline coming up in just a couple of days in the 5 o'clock hour. It is the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Thank you, Lucius. It is the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Mavs will be in action tonight. Coming up at 520, we'll talk about the latest Mavs rumor ruskies with the deadline coming up uh, Thursday evening during our show. Heading for Radio Row after this broadcast, 7 o'clock, we're firing off, and 
Hope to see you out there in Vegas. Say what's up if you're out, okay? It's uh, football's finest coming up at 5 o'clock, but we need to make these Cowboys better. And we just happen to have former uh, Cowboys scout Brian Broaddus on staff and his uh, new young Padawan, Zach Wolchuk, who has a report on a two-round mock draft here from ESPN Insider. Was this Matt Miller over here, Wolchuk? Yeah, I couldn't. Good old Matt Miller, who uh, does a good job with ESPN putting out some of these mocks. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting what he's got here for the Cowboys. And I'm also interested to see what the what the commanders do. I think you could see the commanders. There's already a lot of talk with Caleb Williams giving some love to his old OC there that he was just with at USC. Now he's the offensive coordinator for Dan Quinn. Do the commanders start getting aggressive here? to try and move up and, and swap places with the Bears. Now, this would only be a scenario where, okay, Chicago decides that they don't want Caleb Williams, and I don't know that, they, that they'll they do that. They might say, hey, let's go ahead and take him. But it, it would be, I think that would be my fear as a Cowboy fan, if they can go ahead and get make Caleb that Williams. happen and get Caleb Williams. And I, I think, you know, the fact that Kingsbury goes there makes me feel like they're going to make an aggressive trade up or maybe they know Chicago doesn't want it. Yeah. So I'm getting a little bit nervous because the people that are bullish on Caleb Williams are like, oh, geez, this guy's got a really good chance to be special. And that's what you worry about. You know, you could be pretty good and it's, you know, it's not a, a huge problem. But if if you could possibly, you know, transform that organization, you know, that gives them a, a more than a lottery ticket of kind of owning this division for the next 15 years. That's what the right quarterback gives you. All things are equal. We're winning. We could even be a little worse than you. And if our quarterback's better, we're going to dominate this division. So that is a little bit nerve-wracking. And I know a lot of Cowboys fans must have had that same thought when they saw Kingsbury's name come up. Yeah, I mean, that that's the one thing with that hire to me. It's like, ah, damn. You know, all of a sudden, if they figure out the quarterback situation in Washington, they've got new ownership all of a sudden, that can become a problem, in my opinion. Yeah, 214 says, Caleb Williams will be another USC bust. And I know the bust potential is there. Maybe it's greater than 50%. Maybe the chances he's special is only 5%. But it terrifies you when that 5% is dropping into a division. Absolutely. We saw just the one year with RG3 and how damn good he was. And unfortunately, he couldn't stay healthy. But if yeah. he could have, maybe they would have figured it out. And yeah, all these guys could have massive boomer bust potential. Maybe Caleb yeah. Williams doesn't do anything, but... When you watch him and all you can do is is study him on tape, the dude has rare ability at the position. And what if he's talent. just pretty dang good but super cheap for the next five years? That's, That's another pain in the ass right as Dak's hitting mm-hmm. his prime. Absolutely. No doubt. no doubt. I think if you're the Bears, you make it seem like you want Caleb Williams and you drive that thing up as much as possible. And maybe you're comfortable with Justin Fields. Maybe you like one of these other quarterbacks. You could just drop down one spot, get a haul of picks from Chicago, and the whole time you're saying, yeah, we kind of like Drake May. Yep. We'll go ahead and take him at two, and we just got a b- bunch of picks. And now, okay, if Caleb Williams works out for you, great. But I got a quarterback here who's a top-five player, and or maybe it's Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we're comfortable with one of these guys, and we're going to get a bunch more assets. If he sucks, we got ammunition to go get the, the, the guy the next time. Yeah, the Bears are in a sweet spot, no doubt. Great spot. Matt Miller and his mock for the Cowboys at 24. And Brian, you asked on the draft show, like, what's a position – that maybe could pull you off of an offensive lineman. Sure. If this player slid to 24, I think he's too good to pass up. Keon Coleman, wide receiver, Florida State. And I would not, I'm not team take a receiver in the first round. I think that it's very deep, and I don't think that that's as much of a pressing need. But Keon Coleman, if he fell to 24 to me, that's like a CD Lamb type of deal. 
where I would be shocked if he was on the board at 24. He transferred from Michigan State, very dense, six foot four, 215, had 11 touchdowns on just 50 catches. He's really good in the red zone, good route runner, uh, can, can maybe work a little bit on consistency with his routes, but he fights through traffic, great size. I think Keon Coleman is one of those special wide receiver talents in this class. He's got a nasty side to his game. You watch this guy play. Like I mean, blocking or what? Uh, just all around. Just, he's I, a mean player. He is a mean player. He's He's got the NFL build. He's got elite size, as we say, the frame, the ability, the acceleration. This guy's got foot speed. He's got quickness. I mean, he could really get up the field. The and yak? It, like, is he, he breaking tackles? Oh, yeah. He's he played, a yak guy. He played basketball for Michigan State. This guy's a damn good athlete. He had the great. I mean, I remember yeah. the catch. He yeah. goes. He climbs the ladder yeah. in the he, middle of the he, secondary. He, with he will contort his body, and yeah, he, you, he's incredible. You, you he's watch good. him. You watch him make plays. But there is a nasty side to his game when you start talking about him going and getting the football and then run after catch. Sounds like you're talking about a top ten pick here. Yeah, I mean, you look oh, at the he, stack. I think he's going to end up as a top fifteen player yeah. for most teams. I, so if you get him at twenty four, I'd be like, um, this is probably too good for me to pass up on. Size is incredible. And, I mean, the idea because then I, I saw that he was doing some some level of punt returning there too at that size. Yeah, that is no, no he's, he's a. I mean, that's freak show athleticism. Good, yeah. They good. put him back there just because they needed to be secure. And then he became really good at it. Yeah, at that size to yeah. be a punt returner is, is insane. And he's our McDonald's guy. Remember, he's the guy that talks about McDonald's how his game guy. day McDonald's order is just ridiculous. Yep. And then he goes out there and crush it. Maybe there's a little Ocho Cinco to him. You know, well, I'll, I'll take Ocho Cinco. And if you pass on the offensive lineman, Matt Miller has the Cowboys. Do, do you have? Does Does he have who's behind that pick at 25, 26? Yeah. I would be interested. Who did he pass? So, uh, in terms of offensive linemen. You've got at 26, Troy Fontenot, the tackle slash guard from Washington. Yeah. And then J.C. Latham, the offensive tackle from Bama. Kind of feel like a right tackle only right now, I think right? he's right tackle only as well. The right. one that I would, the, the two guys that for me, man, it's it's tough to pass on. Jackson Powers Johnson, the center from Oregon at 28. But how about Laitu Latu, the defensive end from UCLA? He has sliding yeah. down to 29 to the Lions. And again, that might just be an injury thing. Because he's a guy, you got to look at his track record there. He's got to get cleared medically. But I think he's the best pass rusher in the entire draft. That's tough I, to pass I, on. I don't, I don't disagree with you on that. I mean, I, I know that people are talking about the kid from Alabama with Dallas, Dallas Turner. Turner. Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing. I think his teammates better than him. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to rushing the passer, I'm having a hard time passing the best center in the in the draft. You can't pass Power on Johnson. the best center in the draft. I, I'm sorry. I mean, and I and I love Coleman. I really do. But I, I can't pass. Hey, on my board, on my board, the center would be higher than Coleman. You have Coleman. Him higher than Coleman. Yeah, man, you can't pass tough. on that. If yeah. if he's, I see. I don't know that I would put Powers Johnson higher than Coleman for me, but yeah, I, I'm not going to be upset by taking the center there or Graham Barton. I think Barton was gone. Now that he does have them circling back and taking an offensive lineman at 56 in the second round, Kingsley Sumatia, the guard from BYU, yeah. he's got him kicking inside to play guard, not at tackle. At fifty six, I don't, I don't dislike that pick. I think as a first rounder, he's fringe for me. But the dude was fantastic. He was clean in twenty twenty two. Didn't allow a single sack. He transferred from Oregon. Played one game in twenty twenty one. He's massive. Yeah. I think he's got a good punch. He's got active hands, but he can be a little bit top heavy at times. Uh, but you get him in the second round, I think that's a pretty good range for him. Yeah, you know, it's six six and three hundred twenty five pounds. I felt like there were a couple of games I watched. I watched the Texas Tech game and the Texas game, and I kind of felt like that he had he was more consistent against Tech than he was against Texas. I think Texas' defensive line a little bit more pro ready. Uh, you know, when you start to talk about their guys, 
But there were a couple of times where for a big man, he was driven back, straight back into the pocket. And I was thinking, man, you've got to sit down a little bit better than that. But, uh, you know, when he when he doesn't lunge or get top heavy, he's a he's a he's a good blocker. But I you have trouble. Defenders have trouble with him because of his size. I mean, just he's that kind of a guy. He's just so big that, you know, but there there are people that have kind of walked him back. I know the Texas game was one that I was talking Mm -hmm. about. And there's uh, the two picks that Matt Miller has for the Cowboys. So they take a receiver and they go offensive line. I would not be upset with that. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. We're heading to Vegas here in uh, two hours. Uh, and Radio Row coverage will pick up tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. Football's finest is coming up next. Chief, where are you taking us? The Niners are reportedly miffed. And the one player we have to keep an eye on in Vegas this week next year in the nation. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.